Today, I want to talk about the five most memorable moments of 2020. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Hello, you beautiful roadmen. Welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. I hope you've all had a great weekend. I've been doing a few little office renovations this past weekend, so excuse if last week's podcast sounded a little bit echoey. That was probably the sound bouncing off some paint cans around the place, but now set with my new soundproof absorption walls, I am ready to rock again. Really excited about this week's podcast and just the upcoming stuff I have going on with Roadman because I am deep into this summit and preparations for it. If you haven't signed up for it already, what have you been doing with your life? Go and do it. It's over on roadmansummit.com. It's a free sign up. And I just wanted to put together something. Everybody's so doom and gloom around COVID and I want to put the sum- to put together something, in this case a summit, to bring a smile onto people's face. The podcast has given me great leverage, a place, if I'm honest, I never thought I would be in to be able to reach out to some of these speakers, world tour guys, chefs, you know, celebrity chefs saying yes today. And I'm going to, as I go, I'm going to confirm uh, people. And today, I suppose I'll let you in on one that's confirmed today. The happy pair have confirmed as they're on the summit this year, which is amazing. And, you know, the happy pair, huge celebrity chef brothers built restaurants cookbooks online courses and they're confirmed on the summit along with another 29 other absolutely amazing speakers so please jump on over and get your ticket there for that today i'm going to talk about the top five most memorable moments in 2020 i'm going to do them in reverse order because you know what just thought that'd be cool thought it'd build a little bit of suspense before I jump in guys i'm going to remind you of patreon please 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 head on over to patreon like the summit, the podcast, it's a super amount of work. And the only reward and way to make this sustainable at the moment is Patreon. We haven't taken on a show sponsor. So patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. The link is in the bio. Patreon is the way to say thanks. If you're signing up for a free ticket for the summit, if you're getting value from, you know, these daily podcasts, please, you know, dip into that law of reciprocity. If you're getting something from it, give a little something back. And even if it's not something that's normal to you, and I know a lot of people, and especially me years ago, had that mentality, like, why would I pay when I can get it for free? Because honestly, it might not be around forever. And I talked about the A1 show and how that had huge numbers, and it just wasn't, it's not around anymore. So please, to make this sustainable, viably, and to be a part of that, buy me a pint of beer once a month, and you'll get access to the secret podcast, where I give away all the best bits. I'm talking about DNA tests and how to use ketones for performance and a bunch of other stuff. Let's jump in. Top five moments of 2020. And regrettably, some of these moments are memorable for the wrong reasons. And that's where I'm going to start. At number five, I have Dylan Grunewagen and a crash with Jakobsen from Quickstep. It was the tour of Poland and it's a crash that's going to live long in our memories and I suppose as much for the consequences as the cause and I feel like that's how the UCI have approached this. They gave Gronewagen a nine-month ban but the ban in my view is more because the injuries to Jakobsen were so substantial and I don't know if he'll ever race a bike again. Uh, Let's hope he does. 
But for me, the organizers have to hold their hand up at the Tour of Poland and say, the safety protocols just weren't enough there. The barriers were dangerous. They weren't sufficient to protect riders. They cut up. They nearly killed Jakobsen. Someone has to be accountable for that other than Groen Wagen because it was a bike race and it wasn't completely out of what we normally see in bike races. So I feel sorry for Jakobsen, obviously, in the crash, but I feel sorry for Groen Wagen on a nine-month ban on something that happens in almost every bunch sprint. That's number five. At number four, we have just as one the Giro d'Italia and Team Ineos. That's kind of our heading for this. And I think everything from the crash with Grant Thomas where that bottle got dropped and he hit it and he came down so hard to losing all the time on the Stelvio that day, to Theo Gegenhardt, his last-ditch smash and grab in the time trial in Milan on the last day, I think it was possibly a change in the guard. And we're seeing... The Frooms, the Thomases, the last generation of cyclists were maybe ha- seeing them passing the torch to the newer guys like Theo Gegenhardt. And I think for that reason, the Giro d'Italia was super memorable and Team Ineos's role within it. At number three, I should have been a game show host. At number three, we have Liège and we have the absolute comedy of errors from our world champion, uh, Julian Alaphilippe in Liège. We had Alaphilippe nearly killing the up-and-coming Mark Hershey. Maybe that's a bit strong. He didn't nearly kill him, but he switched him and nearly crashed him out leading into the sprint. And then he arrogantly, as only the French can do, and maybe double compounded by the fact that he's world champion, throws his hands up a little bit too early and he is mugged on the line by Primoz Roglic. Roglic, an absolute complete pro, and despite his ever-growing Palmares, he still, to the front of his mind, had that a piece of advice we all got when we were started cycling, sprint past the line, sprint past the line. Roglic dipped him for a famous, famous Liège win, and honestly, after his Tour de France and the mugging he got there, I think so many of us were rooting for Primos. He's just a dude as well. At number two, the countdown, the drama. At number two, we have... Tour of Flanders and we've more drama again involving Alaphilippe is it the course of the rainbow jersey I'm not too sure I don't really believe in the course of the rainbow jersey because Sagan had some pretty cool years in it Valverde had a pretty good year in it but we have the three best form bike riders in one day racing at the front of the race Julian Alaphilippe Wout van Aert and van der Poel they're coming for the line. It looks like it's going to be a three-way duel. And I was really excited to see it because I knew Alaphilippe. Everyone knew Alaphilippe. He was going rogue. He was going to attack at a weird place miles out. And then we were going to have this battle. Wout versus Van der Poel. What was going to happen? Because they'd looked at each other in Liège. And were they going to look at each other again? Was Alaphilippe primed to win Flanders with a Belgian team? Like, that means a lot to Belgians. That's It's like Christmas, Easter... Hanukkah all rolled into one and he was deprived and I don't think there was anyone to blame really especially not the motorbike rider but it was dramatic fashion we see an Alaphilippe crashing out and I think breaking an arm if I remember hitting the motorbike in spectacular fashion with the world champ flying through the air and then we had Wout and Van der Poel dicing it out and Van der Poel ultimately victorious. Now, number one, we could do best moments of the decade, and this could potentially still be number one. And I think for any bike fans, it's going to live up there with Fignon Le Mans from the 1989 Tour de France. For me, mainly because I can't remember the 1989 Tour de France, but this one 
La Pla de Belfi. It's Pogaccia and Roglic. Pogaccia going into the final time trial, the final meaningful stage. You know, they were cruising into Paris the day after. He had a 57 second deficit to overcome and we had a 30 kilometer flat stage with that 6k climb and that decisive bike change where they tr- they chose to ride a TT bike into the base of the climb and change. And actually I had uh, I had Craig Gator, the Midland Scott mechanic on this on the Roadman Summit and I've just recorded that interview and Craig is talking about just the pressure now that's put on mechanics because a mechanic is, you know, in the background, he's not normally seen and now they're trust center stage for these bike changes and that's brilliant to get his insight into and of also obviously to get the little tricks and hacks he's talking about, you know, the waxes they're using as opposed to lubes, how they're lube and bearings, what like aftermarket adjustments they're making. That was pretty cool. Anyway, I digress as I often do. Uh, the 57 second advantage didn't last long once we got onto the final 6K on La Pla de Belfi and we watched Roglic fall apart before our eyes. And none of us seen it coming. And especially his teammates watched Dumoulin, Wout van Aert almost just crestfallen, didn't know what direction to look. And it, it was hard to watch. It really was hard to watch as a bike fan and a fan of you know just top athletes and true champions Roglic's boat and it was hard to watch him fall apart and he was fifth on the stage but in the end you know Pogaccio won the stage if my memory serves me by over a minute and 20 and it was a historic win and this was my favorite part probably of the entire season because Roglic the great champion reigning Vuelta champion at this stage go on to defend it again this season his teammate his countryman his training partner has just won the Tour de France and he's taken it from his grasps. But what does Roglic do? How does he react? And this is the sign of a true champion. As Pogaccia is in the middle of a press conference, he walks in, he gives him a hug, gives him a high five and says, congratulations, buddy. It nearly brought a tear to my eye. It was a true moment of amazing sportsmanship and I'm honestly tearing up a little bit here even thinking about it. It's how champions should behave and champions aren't just defined by the results but they're defined by their actions and their processes and Roglic definitely catapulted in my mind and the mind of the public as to what a true champion is and the genetic makeup and the class of a true champion there we are the top five memorable moments of 2020 thanks for listening roadman and i'm going to be back again tomorrow Roadman, before you go, I've got an important announcement to make because over two days and the 8th and 9th of December, I'm going to speak with 30 of the world's leading fitness experts. And I want you to join me, free of charge from the comfort of your own home. This is the first ever Roadman Virtual Performance Summit where I'm aiming to bring together the best minds in fitness and they're going to share with me their secrets for biohacking your physiology, melting away body fat and smashing your cycling goals. Would you like to learn their secrets? It's easy. All you have to do is register for your free ticket over at www.roadmansummit.com forward slash free. That's www.roadmansummit.com forward slash free. The link is in the bio.